Welcome to episode 22 of Consensus on Reality. That is not a, that's, that tone of voice is not quite right for the fairies episode. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Just kidding. No, It no. should be more like, welcome to episode 22 of Consensus on Reality. We're all going right? to do fucking fake Irish voices. <laughs> no, that's messed up. Oh, man. Um, our listeners might notice the, uh, this is another getting back into retro causality and talking about the topic that we're not talking about for this episode. Um, yeah, they'll notice the date to which this episode is being released is, is very, uh, very close to something, something green and American Irish. Oh, you mean St. Patty's Day. (laughs) Yeah. I was yeah. thinking it being March fourth today that uh, shines some images of trooping fairies to me marching forth. Mm. Oh wow, that's good. Oh, also, uh, Mike Bruno is back on this episode. Yeah, welcome back, Mike <laughs> Bruno, our that's resident bad. seer. Um, we're here today to discuss experiences and uh, folklore's stories about. The Fae. Fairies. Fairies. Um, yeah, where do we start with this? It's like a, that's a massive topic, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the term kind of encompasses all types of magical creatures from like dwarves, gnomes, elves, even giants, I think would be umbrellaed mm. under the term. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. this sort of like liminal, elemental spirits... Um, there you go with that word again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hot, hot word back. Mike has no idea what we're talking about, but um, it's it's funny because um, yeah, this topic has so, the fairy tales, folklore, um, but then there's also the weird like uh, new age um carrying of the torch of like fairy lore like like wicca like wicca mom kind of stuff like i don't even yeah it's not even that like uh ceremonial like i I listened to a couple different books just on audible um kind of me personally looking for modern adaptations or i don't know uh just modern dealings with the uh fairy logic let's say um it's like really just new age stuff about like how to connect with certain elemental spirits and then it gets Mm -hmm. way more into like the light being fairies um, right and yeah i feel like that doesn't really that's a new addition i mean the whole elemental spirits thing is obviously ancient but Mm -hmm. i feel like at least traditional irish fairies are looked at more as like actual like just like other beings that like it's not there's nothing like sort of like light body and like sort of like vibrational about them they're sort of like these these things that you encounter and they have their own culture and like you kind of just 
and I feel like that's kind of shifted where now we're kind of like forced to think of them as like, yeah, like almost like angels. Uh, but I guess there's a tradition with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. From right. what I understand in like the Paracelsian system, there's, there's different creatures relating to the different elements and obviously mm-hmm. they have different purposes in anchoring, uh, the body, um, Right. He was all about like medicine. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's, I hadn't even thought of that connection earlier. I'm glad you, uh, you guys are bringing up the Paracelsus stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was mostly coming at it from uh, reading this book, Meeting the Other Crowd by Eddie Lenahan, um, which I got when I was over in Ireland. Um, and I wrote a little blog post type thing for the patrons at the patreon about this kind of stuff um but yeah really it kind of crops up everywhere these kinds of beings right it's a broad one yeah what did you end up reading specifically for uh this one mike like where did your focus generate from um i pretty much stuck to uh robert kirk's uh i guess treatise the secret Mm. commonwealth of uh elves fairies and fauna yeah the classic the classic work um who who Uh, is robert kirk yeah he's like um scottish minister in the 1600s um and i guess like he went to london uh i think to like transcribe the bible or something like that and while he was there, he met a lot of like doubters, and uh, I guess that compelled him to write a treatise on the little people or the good people from his home. Uh, basically, like saying that it's not uh, anti Christian to accept these other creatures within God's domain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he goes into uh, like second sight for humans who are able to see these things and it spans like from your typical type of uh like irish fairies all the way to like poltergeist and other types of things kind of he blankets in this uh you know the term of like fairies and elves like these ethereal beings that exist among us Mm. yeah um one thing that caught me today in in you know this i sent this um <laughs> this documentary to the guys on the show earlier today just to run through um about this like elderly couples yeah. experiences with uh communicating with fairies and and building fairy houses and it was like you know a great like windham hill soft jazz score in the background yeah. and rotoscoped fairies on trees and stuff um special effects are pretty good from the clips that i watched dude there's yeah it's pretty sweet um but there so it's like the second time i've heard this uh concept that people and fairies and in remote history were more intermingled and then like this other book that i've been reading um enchantment of the fairy realm communicate with nature spirits and elementals by ted andrews which is actually pretty cool um it still it has that you know very new age um meditative like language um with like the fair, the fairy lens uh but i'm warming yeah. up to that after exposing myself to all this stuff 
But yeah. yeah, in in remote history, there's this idea that like people and fairies were were more closely related, and then as mm-hmm. we industrialized, we broke away. I mean, this is like a a folklore in itself, right? But have you guys encountered yeah. that history, that concept? Yeah, even in a even in Robert Kirk's work, he talks about that how um, basically like our conquering of all the lands and nations and everything kind of is like pushed a divide between the people and the fairy world so we delved into like you know i guess materialism in lots of ways and just like destroying the planet and it's just pushed away these uh our openness to the natural creatures of the world Mm -hmm. yeah i think that uh today again we're seeing yeah in like the sort of fairy uh lore that's being generated today i think it has a lot to do with man's alienation from the natural world and stuff um so i guess that's kind of i mean they've always been these sort of spirits of place and spirits of nature mm-hmm. and associated with like uh the land and with certain certain uh you know like fairy forts in ireland like uh things that you don't want to interfere with mm-hmm. regarding the land yeah you don't run a road through a fairy fort you just don't you just don't do it it isn't done so uh, yeah. yeah i mean obviously fairies are closely connected with nature the elements um do you guys see the potential for there being a separation because another thing i encountered in this this other book um is the idea that um these liminal entities would would follow us into our modern um, landscapes, yeah. you know? Um, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, if the if that kind of, if this kind of folklore can translate to the way that we live now. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about that a little bit in the Patreon, uh, in the last Patreon episode about whether these elemental type beings will, uh, will, you know, inhabit our digital and, modern spaces the same way they inhabit the natural world and i think i was kind of split on whether that was true at least they wouldn't come fully into it but i think it's an awesome and like really necessary you know way forward into thinking about how these beings might uh continue to uh you know have a relationship with with humanity um yeah i i do think that it's more likely that they're always going to be related to the natural things uh, that they've always been related to. So, you know, stones and trees and stuff like that more than uh, anyway. Yeah. So we, we sort of went into this on the Patreon episode, but I think it's a, yeah, an important uh, question to follow. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's interesting. Um, the one book I was mentioning is called Finding Fairies, Discovering Sprites, Pixies, Red Caps, and Other Fantastical Creatures in an Urban Environment by Alexandra Rowland. Um, Rowland, probably. Uh, but yeah, it was it it was it was a really short book and it's about it's kind of just like a guidebook to different um types of entities, but placing them in the modern landscape. So they're uh it's like defining how certain fairies um adapt and like there's like fairies of like garbage piles um uh 
mm. and the red caps, you know, would be in a place like Gettysburg or something where there was like massive battlefields and they inhabit those kind of spaces now. Um, and then interestingly, there was concepts brought up that I hadn't really ever thought of like, uh, invasive species of fairies oh. being brought over from Europe into the new world, uh, huh. which is a concept yet I haven't really heard much before. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah. Well, um, I'm pretty sure on a, a past episode that you guys had me on, I told you about the time that I saw the leprechaun in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that one's always baffled me because it truly looked like a leprechaun wearing green <laughs> And I was one of four people who saw it, and it was ethereal, and it was fast as hell. Uh, but it just looked like a leprechaun. Like, that's what we all said it was. And it's like, we're in New Jersey. We're not in Ireland. Like, were these things brought over here, you know, when all these different people from all these different countries, you know, came to America? Did they bring them with them? Just like yeah. haunting spirits follow you from house to house or if you, it's attached to an object and you bring the object into your new house like it's going to be there with you still mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love that that's yeah and it makes you wonder what you know are these like do the are these beings like generated like wherever certain kinds of like plants or animals are like are they attendant to these things or are they do they have a relationship more solely with people or, or culture like, or they manifest right? from culture, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I think well, another another book I've been reading along with all this is the, it's a Nature Spirits and Elemental Beings by Marco Pogacnik, um, who's kind of like a dowsing type guy. He does dowsing and this thing called uh, lithopuncture, I think, like kind of like a, a geomantic approach to acupuncture and like healing the earth. Um but this book, he's like kind of an interesting artist. So he'll like sketch these elemental beings. Um, but he's like feeling them with like his hands and like the way that he would douse. So like you would feel like sort of the contours of the energies. And he has like, and that's something I've seen in some other uh, sort of, uh, especially like anthroposophical writers on this. And there's like a huge literature with, with that uh, in the Rudolf Steiner tradition. Um, that these beings like you don't see them and when we describe a gnome as being like a short man with like a conical hat it's like uh a symbol kind of as opposed to like necessarily what it actually is um and that these things make themselves known in like stranger ways than just like regular sight so mm. I, th- I think that's really interesting um yeah Yeah, I love that uh, Mike is just so ready to be the leprechaun guy again, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll keep talking about it if you want me to. <laughs> we, could, we could circle back to it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Um, thinking back, too, I was just reminded that, uh, like, gnomes, there was a television show gro- when I was growing up called David the Gnome, and it was about a little gnome... It was a cartoon about a little gnome's like life jumping around on mushrooms and like living in a tree stump you guys Riding remember that yeah, yeah i remember david the gnome i think that you might be identifying with that gnome hmm. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. i mean if there was a show called ben the gnome i feel like i would be you know i would have a different feeling about gnomes 
I think like the first time I kind of really got interested in the um, historical folklore and stuff was uh, from the have you ever you've seen the Brian Froud fairies books uh, yeah you told me about that recently and yeah they're kind of like all over the place right like uh, when you think of like fairy art I feel like that comes to mind mm-hmm. yeah even some of the, his illustrations were in that documentary I sent earlier like in a puddle mm-hmm. of water they're <laughs> superimposed yeah but yeah his, his um his his drawings and and painting watercolor paintings and stuff and uh the little blurbs of like folklore that come with it is a really great resource i think for some of the classic irish and and welsh scottish uh accounts of the fairies yeah that, that also reminds me of it reminds me of this uh this sort of that new age composer that we both know that mike mike rowland rowland mm-hmm. um the, the fairy ring which like i don't know why but like i stumbled upon his stuff like three years ago and that like aesthetic is like uh so interesting just kind of like how, how do you describe that even uh, the sound the sound and like kind of like but also like i feel like the the images on the covers of the of the works is sort of like part of the whole thing right yeah that's that it's whole like, um like this faded like fairy like kind of like dude it's it's so sick it's like yeah because it's it's very unassuming like a lot of that Wyndham Hill new age like soft jazz kind of stuff is but the fairy ring just feels like it's like warping I guess because I yeah you know I got it on like a tape randomly in this like junk shop I can remember right, me, me too yeah <laughs> and uh yeah it's just it just it does feel like it's like leading you into a fairy ring uh we should throw some of that on this episode maybe yeah no I was I was thinking about it um yeah processing a little bit it a little bit maybe yeah. but um yeah, I, so that kind of reminds me. I mean, the, the message on that tape is like, this music is going to inspire like light and positivity. But a fairy ring is kind of like a, a scary thing, like Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You don't want to walk into it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, there's that. Um, I've been listening to this "Tell Me a Story" podcast with that guy Eddie Lenahan, uh, whose book I mentioned earlier, um, and he has this one story where he's just this like this fairy like kidnaps this guy and like they like take him into their fort and like like just like beat the shit out of these guys and like <laughs> like rip off like their like they, the one guy has like, sort of like a, a like hunch in his back and like the, the guy like rips that off somehow and like puts it on the other guy like oh all this God. like well that one's like, music related as well because right. it was two twins both were like hunchback i think yeah. is what it was and the one twin that like was kind of found himself in the fair realm for a moment, like kind of followed their orders and like helped them learn a song. Yeah. Uh, and so they removed the hump from his back and he was yeah. like cured. And then the other brother was like impatient and they were singing the first song from the good brother. And he was just like, there's more days of the week. They're just repeating like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And he gets all frustrated. And and they're like, you ruined our song. You ruined our day. We're going to put this other dude's hunch on your back now. And then three days later, he died. Right. They're like so uh, spiteful and like like, uh, disproportionately like vengeful. Yeah. And there's a lot of etiquette to dealing with fairies too. Yeah. 
You really and, don't want to cross yeah. them, you know? No. Yeah. Um, highly recommend that, uh, that podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, the song. Um, and then the guy, uh, Eddie Lanahan, goes into talking about, like, a little bit about, like, the days of the week and, like, um, and just, like, the, the, yeah, the weird, like, the weird, uh, yeah, etiquette's a good word. And, like, just you don't want to, you just want to do what they tell you. And it's like, it's, it just seems so. And like, there's um, something I like about it is that they're not like fables. Like you're not learning. There's not really anything to be learned from it. <laughs> they're kind of just like. Unfortunate. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like if you run into the fairy people, like do what they tell you to do, or they're going to like ruin your life. Yeah. Like there's like, no, it's not like, you know, be nice. Like, I guess that's kind of, but like, cause like the guy who was nice wasn't, you know, <laughs> fucked with but yeah it's just like yeah he was gifted yeah you know it's a there's like two interesting things about that story uh to me one of which was the uh the depictions like you know how like in modern days i guess since like probably like the 1800s fairies like became disnified and like have wings yeah. and are all small but the way he describes these fairies is that there was like a leader and one of them was like tall and robed and then, right. like, the other ones were all like more diminutive than this tall robed creature and like none of them have wings they're just like these like ethereal creatures i also was interested in um uh kind of relating abduction with aliens right. yeah. to, because the fairies abduct people mm -hmm. they get taken yeah. to a realm you hear about like changelings and you hear about like uh women being abducted to like nurse baby fairies and stuff and yeah high dilations within the abductions it's very similar to like alien abduction lore of our like modern day society totally. yeah that's to me one of the strangest aspects is that the mythology has to do with you know how we're currently defining our cosmology or whatever but there are such similarities in the stories especially with like changelings and the yeah. supposed hybridization program and right the way right, that like people, having fairy blood yeah As, yeah missing time like that's like some rip van winkle right scenario it, it reminds me of i mean obviously joshua cutchin's work is like touching on all this stuff and i guess we didn't really get into it as much in his interview that we did uh, a while back but that's kind of his area of expertise um but even in appearance too like little green men or yeah people. i mean i guess their appearance um i, I mean another thing is that they can shapeshift and that mm -hmm. sometimes they'll be like animals and i think in abduction experiences there's often like these beings do have like a fluidity of appearance um yeah. of course there's like and sometimes I guess, yeah sometimes even robed like right yeah the robes mm -hmm. and then like yeah getting into like the hellier kind of thing if well, not, not that we're going to, but like when they they describe in that show like these beings that are at the entrances to caves that have like wands, mm -hmm. like these sort of, and like, but like, um, but that's in fairy lore too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what, Ro yeah. Like <laughs> Robert Kirk describes them as a subterranean a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that too, you know, like goblins come out of caves and stuff. He like says that right. they can like change their like size and slip through cracks in the earth. You yeah. Know? So there doesn't have to be necessarily like a huge cave opening for them to get into right yeah yeah. they're just like yeah they just sort of issue from like places in the earth that we think of as like uh entrances into the earth even if it's not like a literal like 
just like it's almost yeah it feels like they are interacting with our minds to a certain extent but just as often especially in these uh eddie lenahan stories like they feel like they just like have their whole entire own thing going on like they'll like like somebody will stumble uh, stumble on like a fairy uh funeral Mm -hmm. and like will be invited to the funeral and then they'll just leave and like that'll be it like or like they'll be asked to like referee a game of uh curling or something like some like uh irish sport and like yeah it's just or is it hurling um but yeah i heard a, a um a short irish folklore this morning and it was about a dude being pulled in to be a um a doctor for a, a couple of fairy pole bearers but it was because one fairy was too tall so they needed a doctor to cut his legs and make his legs shorter so that the casket wow. could be held evenly. Wow, that's pretty demented. I mean, they, there's like some gruesome like aspects yeah. of, of yeah. The, the tales for sure. Um, I I do like the idea um, that, you know, all the way that we view ufology and, and fairy lore, um, or experience it rather, is... is uh, expressions of the same in-between phenomena um and and we are perceiving it according to our worldview but then at the same time of course like you know some of the the fairy stories that you're talking about like are are so specific independent um and seem so relative to certain aspects of nature um yeah i'm not yeah it's hard to say like Yeah, I'm so attracted to that idea that, like, this is sort of, like, us interacting with the same phenomenon just based on our own cultural situation. But, I, yeah, I'm I'm still, I'm not sold on it. Um, You know, I think the the easiest or the most comfortable way to enter that mode of thinking is to still understand that these intelligences are independent. um, Right. You know. They're not... uh, that's why I like the the Jungian sort of approach that these are like really coming from inside of all of us. Like, I don't really think that's true because they seem to have their own agenda that like um, would continue were we not here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't think that there are these things that are like made by people's consciousness or like once we became conscious as a species, we also like developed these like friends that we interact with. I think it's like, mm. In a in a lot of the lore that I've come across, there's there's a lot of like overlapping though. Like for instance, like uh, certain fairy tribes of a certain place will uh, dress and eat like the people of their place, mm. and yeah. like perhaps vice versa. Like you know, who knows? Like this communication has been going on for long enough. Like these two worlds do interact and they they share uh, and like can influence each other, even yeah. in like fashion you know Mm. right cooking and stuff like that yeah i love that that's like yeah like the the way that people refer to the beings too always with this sort of like deference um and like not worship but like like a distant respect right but like well with fear yeah (laughs) but well like at the same time still like yeah, there there is like cultural exchange, I guess, like, or like they're part of the same culture while being like very separate. It's yeah, it's it's, it's uh, it really is kind of like ambiguous, like, yeah. 
where do you where do you, do you guys have any idea where um the mythology originates from or or why like that specific area of uh the british isles and then like scandinavian stuff took to this mythology so much like I have mean, you encountered I, that like in, in a historical sense i and i think it probably does originate up up there somewhere um but i also feel that like every culture has this to some extent mm. um just by different names and like they'll have different forms, but they're also kind of consistent. Like there's certainly like native American accounts. Right. And uh, in New Jersey, they're called the Wynnetonuges. Right. And uh, Lenny Lenape child. Like uh, in Australia, like, you know, that's like the oldest culture that's ever existed. And they have very similar uh, beings down there, uh, like dream time stuff. I, I just found out, this is totally aside, but kind of blew my mind that uh, if it's true, Australia doesn't have squirrels. <laughs> I guess they have other stuff, though. They have, like, <laughs> five-foot-long spiders or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> they don't know. Sorry, that's a totally off-topic. But I wonder if, uh, yeah. Are squirrels is the... like, that widespread in Europe? Yeah, they're there. Yeah. I remember, like, my relatives from France came here, and my one cousin was, like, amazed by a squirrel and, like, asking me. She was like, what, what is the name of this creature? <laughs> like, squirrel. She's they're, like, squirrel. They're, like, red over there, I think, often, or, like, slightly different. They're, like, brown, whereas we have, like, the gray ones here. We have, like, the black squirrels in Jersey. Isn't that, like, a super rare uh, thing, too? Yeah. yeah definitely in Princeton and in Ohio I saw a black squirrel with a blonde tail this is a squirrel episode now (laughs) (laughs) why not people are probably people really into the fairies are probably mad at us because we're like it's so there's really it's really so vast um but I'm I don't know why I'm just not compelled like by I'm not really compelled by the the folklore of it um as much you know I think because for our purposes here, I always want to consider um, engaging it, the people that are engaging it now, like in experiencing things now, you know? And I feel like that's not as prominent um, uh, with fairy lore. I don't know. I think people are still doing it. Like, I mean, and I think it's having a little bit of a resurgence now, too. I think it's sort of a little bit more popular, like... Well, there was that like, damn, like, sort of, like, TikTok uh, hoaxer. Do you yeah, not remember? Yeah, but that's just, like, CGI. I mean, he's, he's like, of, trying of to course. get a job for Disney. But you know what I mean? Like, how it's, like, <laughs> it's in the public consciousness, for sure. Like, it's still very much, like, a part of uh, the wider culture. And I, I think that people are still sort of seeking those uh, those encounters with those beings. I th- a lot of it seems like it's about embracing the inner child too. Like a lot of the more new agey right. stuff when they talk about it, they're like, well, you have to see like a child. You have to, you, yeah. and a lot of it is like almost like active imagining like the Jungian process. Right. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, that's fine, but. It does feel very divorced from like the actual mythology of it, which is much more 
like gray gray area yeah like violent dark and like something that you like can appeal to like for help in like a certain way but like mostly you want to avoid yeah i mean it's like appease truly the unknown yeah yeah cohabitate respectfully Mm -hmm. (laughs) acknowledge the existence and you know try and be a good neighbor so like in that way post like streber and like barney and betty hill like i think that aspect of the fairy lore has really shifted over to the alien abduction uh mythology but i I still think that this like this whole thing is very much alive um do you like anthropologically or uh sociologically like the analysis of that though do you think that would be because we've become bored with like our own world or like we're so we're we're looking up for like mystery we're focusing mystery Um, on like space and the cosmos yeah instead of on our own planet yeah as we like explore the earth and i mean we we don't but like we feel like we understand the earth and that it's like a known quantity we're like we're looking out into even though we don't know anything about the earth like really yeah yeah so i i think that yeah it's like the the public consciousness is sort of shifting its approach at least if that sort of like if the theory that these are really all the same phenomenon you know expressing itself differently if that holds true then i think that that would that follows and makes sense i mean that's yeah that's such a broad um broad concept too i mean there could be a whole ecology of independent um entities but we don't understand the mode to which they can change form or take form you know like a right yeah yeah it's, it's interesting yeah yeah it's you know i feel like it's been explored forever but it's not certainly not mainstream it's too immaterial to be taken mm-hmm. seriously by you know the people that we're supposed to take seriously yeah yeah that's true it's I mean, but then I guess that, yeah, we have to just dis- make a distinction between like Disney, like fairy tale stuff as like an aesthetic and like, you know, people trying to like seriously engage like either the folklore or like whatever reality these beings have. Like, I think that, yeah, there's a pretty big distinction there. Um, and the same goes for aliens, like people who are like into aliens aren't necessarily like into like studying sort of like the whole sort of that you know do you know what i mean like a a sci-fi aesthetic and like a fantasy aesthetic aren't the same thing even if yeah like despite their popularity yeah i yeah the 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 distinction there's trickier because like the mythology of fairies and nature spirits is reinforced by some of like the touchstones of uh fiction like shakespeare yeah. and musically and in, in like wagner that's true uh, yes yeah, so the way we understand it is sort of shifted every once in a while by like a cultural touchstone yeah um but i do think when when we hit mass media that there was more of like a overall sort of uh blanket shift mm-hmm what are your um, guys' favorite, like, some of your favorite types of uh, entities we're talking about here? Um, I like, 
I like I like gnomes a lot. I used to hate gnomes. Uh, I always thought they were dumb looking, and I was like, "This is fucking sucks. This is dumb and it's stupid." Oh, you better watch but, what you say, man. Next time you go for a nature walk, you're gonna but, be getting chopped at the ankles, man. No, because I I think it's important to own up. These beings, you know, they they probably want honesty from you. Okay. Um, right. So, but then I just decided like actually gnomes are awesome and I like them. And, you know, so sometimes I'll like make little gnome offerings in my, in my backyard because a little gnome statue um, as like a, as a direct connection to like the spirits of the earth. I think it's really uh, a beautiful thing. So I'm all for the, the strange gnome creatures. I, I personally don't like to do like any type of magical stuff, but I don't consider this magic at all. But I do like to leave little offerings too. And I just think it's like just out of pure respect. It's like, well, yeah. you, might, you might be here and you might like this and maybe you'll, you know, not trip me or something. What, do, what are you <laughs> right. leaving? Some, some a couple tasty cakes? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, anything, splash of whiskey even, like, you mm-hmm. know. For the homies on the <laughs> invisible route, on the liminal yeah. plane, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, I, I do that. Um, and like, if I ever do like any kind of magic, uh, I take like the remnants of the of the ritual and put it near some sort of like representative of these things as like a a way to like say, you know, this is going back to the earth now, um, or you know, back to that place. Uh, but that's very rare that I ever do stuff like that. Um, only in times of desperation, um, which is what, which is, you know, that's when it works too. Uh, that's when you need it. Right. Um, yeah. Gnomes are great. Uh, I, I, I've really grown to like fairies, like as I've gotten older and, you know, uh, grew away from the idea that they're these, these like, uh, annoying little like bug sized like uh humanoids that are like you know represent like magic you know and thinking of them thinking of them more as like this sort of strange almost ghostly like otherworldly thing like related to the dead and related to like you know all this like really interesting stuff um and yeah that's I've really grown to they've moved up on my list of like topics and sort of things yeah. to yeah. I find it hard to discern the fairy world from like the world of like ghosts or elementary or like yeah. just animated intelligences of any sort. I feel like it's all kind of they're all like sort of together in some type of way. Yeah, so I agree. Like like poltergeist activity in particular, I think is like it sounds a lot like fairy stories of trickery, you know? Yeah. Yes. I recall yeah. writing a song to the, uh, uh, wow, this is probably a Scottish word, so I'm just going to butcher it, but it's the uh, Gregid Anoon. And they they kept this like magical garden. When I was like 15 years old, I, I wrote an acoustic <laughs> song to them. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that, I probably recorded it on like a Talkboy tape recorder from Home Alone, so I don't think that, that tape's yeah. in existence anymore. And neither yeah. is the song, luckily. Uh, uh, you probably, sure you didn't throw it on a burnt CD? 
probably reach them across the Atlantic and uh, <laughs> yeah, they they close the doors to their magical garden to me forever. Uh, yeah, you're now you're not allowed to get into heaven. Yeah. Um, I I like the I like the um, the elemental concepts too though with the undoes yeah. and the uh, the sylphs and the salamanders. Salamanders. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I like the uh, this idea that if your your body is feeling a certain way, you can uh, get in, get in touch with this um, inner keeper of that portion of yeah. your relationship to the elements and uh, better your relationship with that. Totally, it's interesting. Spirit. It's interesting how it like coincides with like Ayurvedic and like traditional Chinese medicine too. Mm, true. Uh, these things were like. I guess like sort of independently arrived at, though that might not be true. There might've been some like exchange of knowledge uh, earlier on. Uh, I know y'all are crazy bookworms. Do you, uh, do you know the Abbe de Villars, the Comte de Gabalis? It's like a treatise on the elementals, like the four that were just mentioned. Mm. I loved when I read that, I got really interested in how like, you know, certain people of like, you know, who are like really into this can marry uh, like uh, elemental and like <laughs> yeah. have a relationship with them. And that idea really intrigued me. I was just like, wow. That's awesome. Hmm. That reminds me of, <laughs> of uh, our interview with uh, Stephanie Quick, where she talked about Idocratic marrying like a, yeah. was it a ghost or was it like an elemental being? I think it was a ghost. Yeah. 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 This like mystic. Uh, I can't remember now. Yeah. yeah. Married a, uh, some sort of non-bodied entity and like had a long marriage to it. Yeah, really. Yeah, that stuff is awesome. I think it's like, it's fabled that King Solomon married a salamander or like that was like his like uh, person of choice. Hmm. Or Hell yeah. Choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because the name only re- is like in reference to the pointy tail of an actual salamander i think i think like i heard somewhere that uh the term was because if a log caught on fire the salamanders would all try and escape it and they kind of like that sort of thing meshed in people's minds like salamanders escaping a burning log throughout history that's crazy because they're so like wet and slimy so it it doesn't come to mind as fiery but right that that does make sense yeah, they can't handle the fire. They're like, yeah, they come out as like envoys from the fire when right. the log is burning. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Should is anyone prepared with uh, some some good folklore stories? Since this is going to be so close to uh, St. Patty's Day, I feel like. <laughs> You mean like personal stories or just from our research? Yeah, into this? From, from the research, yeah. Uh, I mean, my favorite from the Eddie Lenahan book, which is, you know, pretty much the most, I mean, the other books I looked at are way more like elemental spirits. Like one is like a channeling book, but the Lenahan book is the one with the best like tales. Uh, and I'm not going to like tell it right, but there is this like farmer and he was out in his field one day and he saw this wheel approaching him just like spinning through the fields and as it got closer he saw that it was like a a snake or an eel that was eating its own tail and rolling and it went by him and 
he was, you know, like he went home and told his wife about it and I don't think she believed him. And it was like this whole uh, crazy experience that happened to him. So he kind of forgot about it then and went to bed. But it was either the next day or like some other time that was like maybe a similar time of like the week or like a moon cycle or something. But he was out in his field again and the snake came back again. Uh, or the eel, whatever it was, and this happened a, you know, a certain number of times. I don't know if it was two times, three times, or what, but I'll get to the end and end of it. So he wants to see what's going on with it. Like, what is? Why is this doing this? Um, and so he took out like a a sword or like a knife, or like an axe or something. And as it came by, he cut it, and it was you know it fell to the ground in like a heap, and he took it, um, took it back with him. And I mean, my memory is not so great. So he kills this eel thing and then he starts to get sick and injured. And so all these horrible things start happening to him. And um, long story short, it ends up that that is a, it was a fairy that was traveling and it was this this kind of fairy that lived in lakes in Ireland and mm. they were they, that's how they traveled from lake to lake to give each other messages um, and so he killed it on the way to like delivering a letter or something at the other like fairy lake and uh, so he was sort of cursed and I don't remember how it played out in the end but that's the basic skeleton of the story and yeah I just love that sort of crazy Ouroboros image like mm, mm, yeah. yeah sounds like a mystical vision yeah yeah hey to interject real quick what what happened to what was the fate of um robert kirk did he disappear uh, like mysteriously yeah i mean it's it's steeped in lore uh i'm not sure what actually happened but in his like um home hometown area in scotland it said that i think he was like 48 years old and he was on like a fairy hill in his hometown and was found dead uh and no, nobody ever figured out the cause of death. Other people say that he was just taken into the fairy realm and there was no body whatsoever. Um, I don't know if the grave has ever been exhumed, um, but there's multiple different tales about his mysterious death. Nobody knows how he died um, or even if he died, I suppose. Yeah. There's contradictory stories, but he does have a gravestone. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! I love, I love, yeah, I love that people say uh, he he ended up in the the fairy yeah, realm. They, yeah, like, yeah, I think don't people, write about him. yeah, people speculated that like by you know writing about them like per se revealing secrets that like they yeah. abducted him or something, you know, mm-hmm. like it could go yeah. anyway. And they tortured him, probably. <laughs> maybe, <I> mean, <laughs> maybe they were just like, "You're going to be ridiculed for the rest of your life out here in this crazy world." So yeah. why don't you just come hang out with us for eternity and right. timeless bliss. That sounds yeah. nice. Drink dude. fairy mead and hang out all the time and play enchanted music. Oh, right, nice. you're not su- you're not supposed to drink That's their sweet. stuff, right? Right. Well, you get- unless you want to stay there for you kidding, yeah. boy? I would drink that <laughs> stuff forever. Man. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds better than the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And another thing related to all this is um the banshee have you guys looked into that at all mm-hmm. that stuff is really interesting that's like 
I guess, I mean, obviously everyone knows about that from like the idiom of like screaming like a, like a banshee or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it was like this, this whale that would like, uh, either predict or like come at the same time as like the death of somebody in Ireland and like clans and families, I guess, like had their banshee and like, it was like seen as like a, it's a good thing if you have one, it's like sort of like a, it's not like a, a ghost that like haunts you. It's like a link to the earth kind of that, like, especially like in a family way, it's like, it's really interesting, like, um, phenomenon that like that people just lived with. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, I love all of these like kind of outsider solitary creatures that are like under the blanket of the fairy world. Right. Um, what is it? There's like there's like two houses kind of. There's like the seely and the unseely. Um, and the unseely are like more like solitary. They're the tricksters. They're vengeful, um, but not necessarily in a bad way. They're just like harbingers of change. Um, and like I feel like that's where they lie in. Like the selkie, you know. It's like uh, this like, oh, yeah. weird water sprite horse spirit that like will drag its victims down, like consume them or mate with them or something uh there's all these such as the banshee there's all these different things that like are just more like maybe there's a few of them but they're just not like the common trooping fairies that like you get right but they're considered within the fairy world yeah they have, yeah they have their own stories and they're terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that and i guess i mean they often kind of like could be taken metaphorically but they're just like just like strange enough that like that doesn't quite work too. Like, like they're not just like allegories explaining like what it's like to lose a family member or something. It's like, uh, like there's elements of it that don't really make sense in that way. So they're kind of like inexplicable. Yeah. I, um, I remember in this finding fairies book, which is about like fairies in urban modern environments. Um, there's a part about, um, species of fairy inhabiting Chernobyl because Chernobyl is sort of like this beacon of like open radiating energy mm. and like certain species of fairy being drawn to it. I, I'm just curious, like what, I wonder if there is like a, any kind of like modern lore building the, these accounts or stories. Um, I just, I wonder where this writer actually compiled that from. Yeah. Just like, canvassing people for fairy stories like in new york city and stuff like yeah yeah. i think there are like 9-11 fairies and like uh fairies of well that would be like red caps like yeah yeah like wreckage and rubble and stuff like that yeah Yeah. or like what else like (laughs) like were fairies generated by like when everybody was super upset that like trump won (laughs) like like what like (sighs) if we're looking at it like from a like that like events that are like big have like these spirits i just so you wonder how far it goes i don't yeah i mean that that kind of like emotional resonant uh egregore like thought being it's it's hard to make the distinction what's what's the line you know yeah Uh, i mean i think it might just be like degree as opposed to like yes or no like Maybe every little thing sort of 
generates its own spirit and then like huge things generate larger spirits yeah the the types of um spirits that we're talking about today seems to be related to obviously material causality as well so you know if you actually like if people actually died on a battlefield and there was actual uh destruction and devastation then red cap might inhabit that space now whereas something like you're talking about with like the political yeah uh, that's more like an a- mental exhaustion thing. yeah i mean that yeah but once again i mean like yeah the okay, stuff, what's the difference yeah I, I mean just for categorically speaking like the the types of entities that we're talking about i think yeah are grounded more in a material sense um right and i think some sometimes they don't even have any relationship to that at all i I think they can but Mm -hmm. yeah i think the fairies are kind of autonomous too you know they're not necessarily they might be like attracted to you know sort of thing just like uh certain parasitic or vampiric spirits which might also be fairies are attracted to like troubled people and whatnot yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that seems to be true how do you think um location and place plays into the fairies like it do you get a sense that they're more grounded to specific locations and places or do you think that it's more Mm. attached to people is it is it personalized? I mean, you could say I whatever think, you want because I mean, <laughs> there's no right or wrong answer. I don't know. I, I think it seems like if you look at all the stories and like as you know, or as much as you can, it seems like they care about place the most, yeah. or like they and place and also like their own sort of mysterious rules. Um, I, so I, I don't know if that means that they're like linked to the place necessarily, but they certainly care about the spots that they inhabit and like observe like their, their rituals. And, but I'm not sure if like, like the anthroposophical position is that like every natural like plant type thing, you know, like all these objects have spirits that are associated with their upkeep and like their existence. But I don't think that that's necessarily true in like the more traditional approach of like you know meeting fairies on the road at night and like because you pass by their fort i think that yeah i think again it's kind of ambiguous well i think that they're kind of like everywhere but i think certain places like it's all speculation on my part but like for instance like ley lines and stuff i wouldn't be surprised if it was like a more serious presence uh in like these places that have like magnetic or otherwise attraction to the place, like in the way that things work. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But. No, that makes sense. Like, yeah. Along like the energetic grid of the, of the earth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm who, also yeah. thinking like uh, some of like the lore I read, like if it's true that, for instance, um, like iron is repellent. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe like yeah. places with iron would not have a presence as much. And then like, you know, right. certain like ones can't cross streams or something like that. So maybe, right. you know, they're kind of stuck in certain regions, like one troop and then another troop mm. lives in, on the other side. Uh, yeah. And maybe they just congregate in certain areas and like, I don't know. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Kind they're kind of like, like they're like people in that way, kind of like very like yeah. superstitious about borders, and but also like kind of obsessed with borders too. Um, yeah, or like yeah. It's it's really funny thinking about it. Like there's n- there's no like comprehensive continuum of like uh, scientific laws of fairy, you know? Because like you <laughs> like you read that there's like I and I I encounter too that like iron. If you have yeah. iron on your person, there's no way that you're going to encounter fairies because iron repels them. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. like where what is that and and like how many other books are you going to read that don't even include that element and just say like yeah if you if you go there and and you you know open your mind to seeing the fairy like it's it's just so funny the different yeah. methodologies towards uh right. encountering these beings it's it's so uh i don't know right. it's so personalized and it, it it's there's not like a comprehensive method scientific not scientific method but like you know like there's i don't know yeah i mean our science won't touch the subject so no i don't think it could (laughs) right yeah it's not capable of dealing with it i don't think at least not yet i mean maybe yeah maybe in the distant future but even in terms like you can't compare it to science obviously but like a sign a a method you know like the paranormal ghost hunting seems to have like like evp or whatever and like it's book of like methods you know like i would love to like be like studying this in like a college and like you know measuring the energy in like a certain square of space while i throw salt across it and see (laughs) if the energy like goes up or down yeah yeah (laughs) you're like wearing two wooden shoes like doing a dance around a room (laughs) exactly That's where the money should be going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lot, certainly, yeah. yeah. Like the like uh, the iron thing reminds me of. I don't know why exactly, but like that certain minerals might attract or repel these kinds of phenomena. Like the whole missing four one one thing. I don't know if you guys ever got into that. Mm-hmm. Where that dude was like me and Mike but, met him in person. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. you told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. I was on like on like the first episode of the podcast. David, you know? Yeah. Um, but like the whole thing with quartz, right? Like uh-huh. how these things happen in areas that have like large deposits of quartz mm-hmm. and like, you know, whether like certain elements or piezoelectric effect. Yeah. And like that happens in like the whole, uh, the Penny Royal plateau yeah. thing as well. Um, yeah. so like iron might be more of a blocking for these kinds of entities, mm-hmm. but the missing 401 stuff does kind of sound like fairy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the intersection is funny. Yeah, but he he doesn't he just talks about like the right. the weirdness. It's it's because he's like an ex cop, so it's like just right. like he can't say he can't strange say reports. Yeah, yeah, right. If, yeah, he'd get like kicked out of his like like macho club if he said the word fairy. I feel like a lot of like ex ex military dudes like love the missing four one one stuff, like they love trackers they and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Bigfoot so interesting. guys love that shit too. Bigfoot, I mean, yeah, Bigfoot's always implied Bigfoot. in that show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Bigfoot's kind of a fairy creature too. Yeah, certainly. But yeah, that's like a historically the the cryptozoology thing like right. has its beginnings of being like this is just a missing link creature. Right. It's science. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're going to be like the next person who like discovers 
it's like people trying to be like the people who discovered like the silverback gorillas or whatever. Like, yeah. Like this is a new species and it's like this, but like they're tracking like these like really crazy ethereal beings trying to like capture them. Well, it's funny because like that stuff actually happens obviously like with the, when was yeah. the coelacanth discovered? It was like a, oh. the prehistoric uh, shellfish. Yeah, they, they found it like still alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like pretty recently. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty, like twenty five, thirty years ago, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like we were, we're a bit unfestive about the fairies here. It's, it's just <laughs> you just got to be so jolly about them. I think it's, it's <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I don't think that's like. Um, I think that's part of like our sort of. Uh, not to beat a dead horse, but our, you know, like Disneyfied uh lifestyle is that like these things are like happy, magical beings that like so much of wishes. It, so much of it's like distant music though, and like in in the lore and stuff is hearing like song. Um totally. Yeah, that's true. I mean, to encounters. It, it but yeah. It's not it's like confusing and strange, but it is it does have a a festive, a jovial, yeah. like festive quality, because I you're guess, hearing yeah. like a, a celebration. It's not your celebration. It's like the right. celebration of these other beings. Often, but I wonder if that's just like when they're most visible to us. Is like when they're celebrating. They're inebriated. <laughs> yeah, they're not right. phasing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah, too too drunk to like yeah. keep their like reptilian cloaks on or whatever. Fuck, this guy could see me. I'm wasted. <laughs> Yeah, that's when they invite you in. They have right. Yeah, they're like, "Come party with us." Yeah, all right, get, get <laughs> for like talk to forever, this guy. but it's only ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, there's a seriousness to it too. But you're right. Yeah, like there is often like people being invited to like strange houses that like disappear, and it's like there's a party going on. They're, yeah, they're always like asking for people to like come entertain them, <laughs> like or like. Yeah, so, yeah. I wonder what that means. Um, like the house will manifest, and then like you wake up and you realize that you're just like in between like a root system or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The changeling lore to me is is pretty dark and seems yeah. like a a human <laughs> in a completely human invention. You think so? People were just like killing their kids, or, or like they didn't like their kids, so they decided they weren't theirs. Your kid is just born with like a host of medical issues, like on the entire spectrum of anything. Yeah, you know, like your kid is born uh, with developmental issues, or um, do you think that that's like issues? They're like it's changing. I mean, that actually happened. Yeah, that's like yeah, totally happened a bunch. Yeah. Do you think like there's anything to that though, or do you think that's totally explainable by like? people having like you know a difficult time accepting what their children are like well i think i'm not saying that they didn't believe that but to me right. that seems no, yeah, totally. like way more equated to to like a thing human that invent yeah. of of yeah. folklore as opposed to um weird things that people actually saw and interpretations of that you know right the yeah. changeling just seems like some guy was just like, it's a fairy baby. It's yeah, I don't know as much about about the changeling stuff. Um, kind of for that reason, I guess, because it's kind of, it feels way more 
explainable by like bad faith than by like, you know, yeah. But I'm sure because I haven't looked into it, there are like some stories that are like really mind blowing as well. <laughs> yeah, like it's just a critter in the right, yeah, in the crib. Yeah, or like yeah, you wake up and like now your son has like dark like you know black eyes and like green skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't help but think about like abduction and hybridization. Totally. So when we talk about this, like that's really what comes to mind. Um, yeah. What, what about like other like children like born with defects like for instance like webbed hands or feet like who are like thought to be like the child product of a human and like a selkie for instance? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I mean, is that? It seems very uncommon. Yeah, it is, and I'm pretty sure there's like medical diagnoses for that type of like yeah, uh, very rare you know, illness, but like. That's. I think that would just like be a good scapegoat is to be like a selfish yeah. mm-hmm. right. father yeah. or mother of this child. Yeah, you know, like that's the only thing that can explain this crazy thing. Mm. Yeah. So that's like yeah, that's the aspect of folklore that explains things that have later been explained better by like scientific processes. Do but, you guys remember? I think I feel like we talked about this on an episode, or I encountered it in something recently, but. There's like a story of these two children showing up to like a town in England and they were green. They were green, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it on here, but I've definitely heard that story. I don't know where. And they were like assimilated into the town and they're like actually buried there. Like it's a, yeah. a true historical story. These children showed up with like no backstory and they yeah. were green. Yeah. They like came out of like a mine story? shaft or something, didn't they? Oh, I don't. Or it's, I it's been it's years something. since I visited that story. Yeah, I, I forget. Having trouble remembering how that all went. But yeah, they were definitely like green and grew up their lives there. Yeah, that's such a. Oh man, I forget where I, I heard that recently. But it's cool because they just like stayed. Right. They just lived. I don't. I forget. I like it's. It's foggy in my head, but I feel like they lost like the green pigmentation, <laughs> like the longer they stayed. <laughs> they assimilated. Yeah. 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 That's so weird. I remember um, going up to the Catskills. There's like Rip Van Winkle stuff everywhere. What's the creatures in the Catskills? It's like a gnome in the bowlers in the Rip Van Winkle story, right? Are they called the bowlers? I don't, I don't remember that term. It's, it, it's basically a fairy story, though. Like, Van Winkle is like, you know, he drinks the wine from the fairies and is like lost and comes back and is like super old. Yeah. Yeah. In, in uh, Secret Teaching by Manly P. Hall, he's, he has a chapter here on elementals. And he says uh, the famous bowlers that Rip Van Winkle encountered. And what's um, Tommy knockers are like they would miners would hear them in the caves, right? And they would be like um, almost like premonitions of uh, weak spots in the in the caves and stuff, premonitions of like collapses and shit. Oh yeah, they're those are they're like Welsh, Welsh and Cornish, uh, similar to like a leprechaun. I'm just looking at you know, looking it up. <laughs> Yeah, tiny little little beings with disproportionately large heads. 
cool. Sounds like aliens. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think Whitley Strieber even named his uh, one of the types of aliens that he encountered in like the communion stuff, uh, kobolds, which are like another kind of fairy type. Yeah, fairy type thing. Goblin type. Yeah. Have you guys ever read One Q Eight Four by Murakami? I did. Yeah. I mean, there's that I'm whole yeah when it came out. The whole fiction about the little people, um, yeah, uh, giving the the female writer, the protagonist, that story, the air chrysalis, yeah, it's a really strange element to that story. When did that come out? I, f- I feel like that I read that in a dream, but I definitely read that like two thousand eight or something, probably. Yeah, I guess that I must know, have two thousand ten, maybe two thousand ten. Yeah, is it? Um. Yeah, there's that whole aspect of the story where she encountered like little people as a 2009. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like uh I wonder if there's a Japanese mythology around that. Too. I mean, I know that there's a incredibly rich like system of folklore there. Mm-hmm. I think there it's like uh I might be wrong, but I think they're called the yokai. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's something with that. Yeah. What's that called? What's the the old? Is it Shinto? Is that the old religion over there? Oh, I think there's like Brahmanic uh, nature spirits as well. Shinto is the older Japanese religion before Buddhism came over. Huh. I, I just pulled out a book. Uh, in my library, monsters, ghosts, fantastic beings, and supernatural phenomena of all sorts haunt the folklore and popular culture of Japan, broadly labeled yokai. These creatures come from infinite shapes and sizes, from Tengu mountain goblins and Kappa water spirits to shape-shifting foxes and long-tongued sealing lickers. It sounds just like the fairies. Mm. I love that. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, Kappa. I love those. That's, that stuff's crazy. Like kind of turtle looking things that like sit in the water. Right, right. Yeah. And, and so many of those things got um turned into Pokemon too. Like our Pokemon were based on on a lot of these like f- folklore characters. I believe it. That's fun. I I play magic cards and oh. my favorite deck is a fairy's deck. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're, they're like pretty good about um, incorporating like actual folklore into the into their like little like stories. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, it's you know, it's, but it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah, but like for like a fantasy sci-fi thing, like it's relatively faithful. Yeah, I, I always like that. I think they just have to pull on it all the time. They're like, we need to make more, so let's find something and right. learn about <laughs> it and base it off of it. That would be a fun job. It's Dream funny. Job. Um, yeah. I guess Paracelsus wrote a lot about warring factions of elementals. <laughs> huh. The elementals waging war on each other. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought of that too. Like, when like there's cataclysm and stuff within the earth, that's pretty mm. much like what it seems like. Mm, mm-hmm. 
even today hearing like the wind rattling my windows i was just like these are these must be wind fairies (laughs) (laughs) yeah the winds of change are coming have you ever seen a fairy when you take the uh when you take a little twig and make the uh what is that called the circle yeah i remember being in uh the mountains of north jersey with you when we were experimenting with that but mm-hmm. i didn't see anything through it i wanted to see but i didn't see anything through it mm. do you still have that book what was that book what book i feel like the book there you had a book that like had that in there uh i don't think that was me i feel like you introduced that to me what i don't know man Hmm. Maybe they introduced it to us. Perhaps, they yeah. Were like, maybe it was downloaded. Take this trick. Love the circle. I uh, love you. Can see us. Maybe they're this conversation now. Yeah. <laughs> Precognition. Bring, bring cakes next time. Uh, I knew you were gonna do one of those voices this time. What, <laughs> what voice? Uh. Can't let the fairy episode go without doing it. <laughs> um, so do you want to hear a bit about what we were talking about on the Patreon, Mike? Our our I would love to, yeah. Locative ritual that we it's it's pretty relative to this topic, I think. Um Locative ritual, you say? Yeah. So I think a lot about what inspired what we're doing is thinking about how um location uh how instrumental is location to say hauntings or window areas um and if uh if ritual can impose um well i'm not really wording this well because it's at the end of the week and i'm tired but um if through ritual we can impart uh contextual layers of mysticism onto a random location yeah it seems like sort of like a way through like digital randomizing of location like 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 picking you know a random spot and seeing if you can enchant it basically it's like mm-hmm. an, yeah so, so y'all are trying to open a portal somewhere that is not what we were trying to do i mean i think that is kind of what that is like kind of what we're trying to do really but i mean not, like not the whole hog though like yeah. maybe like half the hog we we feel like ethically inclined uh to be weary of doing that um but essentially mm-hmm. i think it's 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 a it's a lot about the conversation between um digital spaces and material spaces and uh how the paranormal interacts in in both of those realms and if you know how relative are they um and what kind of role uh history and information plays on hauntings or you know paranormal anomalous events and how we can incite these things through intentionality um i think we're trying to direct it really as our own you know personalized experience so it's not really like um, projecting onto the area so much as as being guided to an area, you know. It's, so it's more like you're like dowsing an area to find 
where you might find something? Uh, I think an, an element, too, is to try and engage new types of lore or anomalous events. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, a large part of it isn't thinking about, like, going to an area that has a historical haunting and you go there with the expectations of encountering that historical haunting. But what happens if we focus our intentionality on encountering um, unknown quantity in a liminal presence? Um, you know, we, we created our own personalized, our own novel ritual to do this, and then it's experimental in, in how we see what arises from that and where it directs us, and what, um, how that place plays into it, yeah. So yeah, we're, I mean, sorry. I think all, all your questions are good, and I'm interested in the results. I think if you, like, no matter what you're doing, I think if you're, like, going into it with, like, a good heart, I think it's bound to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I would hope that you find what you're looking for in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems like sort of in the, in the chaos magic wheelhouse mm -hmm. of like... Definitely was inspired by that stuff um, in, in doing this too. Which I've never really done, so I mean, yeah, I'm interested to see... What, I mean, anytime I've ever done any kind of magic, I've tried to, you know, follow some old way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to like... Not that I've done much magic at all, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there's a way of like doing because like doing it freely because it's like that's what like everyone does now kind of i mean mm -hmm. we're in like a post chaos magic thing where like some people are going back to like crowley and stuff like that but and we're not even like magicians it's just going to be kind of an experiment yeah i mean i think that term though is like you know you don't have to put right. too much cadence on like a magician you know like i think like most people right. are practicing well, polemic magic or they're not but if like, you're like, yeah, if you're not, doing it every day, it's like, then sure. you probably qualify. Whereas like, For, you know, I've done it maybe yeah. like 10 times. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, like the, the fear of, of opening something up or letting something in, you know, has that like Judeo Christian connotation of like, you're, you're communicating with some sort of devil or something. It's, it's like yeah. dispelling that fear. Um, I also am interested in using both like, uh, you know, smartphone technologies, applications, random location generators, but also um, patching them into like analog processes of, you know, randomly generating words through opening books, um, maybe using a Ouija board, um, doing sort of intentionality meditations, um, beforehand so it's like a really want to have like a combined um, process you know so it's not it's not exclusive to virtual um, digital processes and it's also not exclusive to anything directly from like a history of the paranormal well it's certainly interesting it sounds all over the place so I'm very curious <laughs> what what comes out <laughs> yeah but I think it sounds yeah. as randomized as it could possibly be <laughs> yeah no I'm interested to see too I think a lot of the 
I get the idea. I think a lot of the logic of it is still within Dave's head. Um, it's hard to it's it's hard to um, vocalize when I'm not like completely on and wired like with a, a right. cup right after a cup of coffee. But I think no, that makes sense. I think it's because we haven't like hammered out the process totally yet. Yeah. And, but one of our um, listeners actually, Baz, commented and said that using anagrams could be um, a useful yeah. tool. And I, re- I really love that, actually, in analyzing the data that we get from it, um, especially in terms of, like, the random words and stuff, just different ways to extract meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that a website can be haunted? Sure. Yeah. I think it qualifies as like a space that's hauntable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like website is almost like a outdated, like. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, uh, an app. Yeah. <laughs> an application. App, yeah. I mean, but I mean, we still use websites, obviously, but yeah, I would say like thinking about them as portals to information like of, of course they yeah. could be haunted yeah haunted by what exactly i'm not sure you know like a, i'll never be the Definitely person to be say. haunted by a person yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah huh i don't know why you have a website in mind no i just just all this talk about like sort of uh digital spaces and you know the paranormal moving into that uh sort of like realm of fake space like whether or not the dynamics we see in in this world in terms of hauntings would carry over into this like sort of replica of the real world that we've tried to make Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes i i think about like even with the fairies you know how they're kind of like this mirror existence like perhaps the future is like in this digital realm. Like it's just another place that we've invested so much in that it's going to be spiritually inhabited at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, yeah, kind of the territory we got into in that last Patreon episode. Um, it's interesting yeah. because I mean like the, all of the different access points that we use to the internet are, are new window areas, right? Mm-hmm. So these hypothetical entities are moving with us. And and I mean, like, that's how you define an entity or an intelligence or a thought form. Yeah. It gets super tricky, too. So, I mean, that's all kind of the inspiration for what we want to do with this process experiment. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm such I'm such an Internet pessimist lately that if some positive experience comes out of it, I'll be... I'll be happy. It almost at this point it almost everything we've talked about seems more analog thus far. Like the only That's it, true. It's just randomatica is the only Yeah, and random word generators and stuff. Right. Like we're using, you know, digital computational technologies, but um and the locative thing obviously is like uh geo. Right. But um it's not we haven't even really gotten into the internet aspect yet that's true but it's sort of on the you know it's like uh hovering over it it's on the internet the conversation is you know that's the whole podcast is right (laughs) um 
So it's going to build. I mean, we we don't yeah. cl- have a clear understanding of what it is yet. So I get, it is really like a a chaos magic ritual in a way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe when you get it started, I can uh, set up some measuring systems for electricity and throw some salt across. The, Dude, there you, know, you go. Me- yeah. Measure it out. Yeah. See if anything's changing. Oh, yeah. that, I mean, that would be really awesome if <laughs> and funny if when we when we finally go to this place if we have like certain protocols for measuring activity mm-hmm. so it's like we but we have like a, a set set of parameters for for creating measurements so mike actually has to throw salt across the room and then we do a heat <laughs> index measure of like yeah. a certain part of that room yeah i mean that's need, i think all of the information be valuable in understanding certainly yeah yeah we need to get like uh, those tools, though. <laughs> I wonder how much that costs. Like the shit that they have on all of the paranormal shows. Just like they open their little suitcase, and it's like all these things. We we need like half of them. Um, right. We don't need all of them, and we need like I think we we need to use like a dowsing rod app. You know, I kind of I was like thinking that. actually of of just buying dowsing rods lately. So I might just go ahead and do that for myself anyway yeah i fully support that decision yeah but we're yeah it will be it's going to be so fun to compile a bunch of data and aggregate it and uh see what the hell comes out i mean and and there's that kind there's that aspect of that doesn't even make any sense right now but then there's also like the novel experience and narrative that we're building through this this uh Mm. experience but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's really just about how we can layer onto place. I think redefining space, and it's going to create a, a conversation about um, the uh, conception of, say, a haunting or an anomalous space. You know, mm. for sure. Hey, look, an EMF meter. It's two hundred. I'm looking at all this stuff on. Uh, bleep, bleep me out, Amazon. Um, and I can get dowsing rods for thirteen dollars. So, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna get. I mean, dude, we get, we got to get the crystal radio amulets. Amulets. Those are quite <laughs> expensive, if, yeah. though. The brain Let's power just, box. Like, sink all of our money into like radionics and stuff. <laughs> and, like, I have a lot of like weird radio stuff that's gonna have to be involved. Uh, yeah. I have the the spirit box. That's about it, and but that's fun. Okay, um, well, should we cut it off here? We're we're about an hour and a half in. Yeah, uh, I um, went by so fast. It's almost as if we were in some like some sort of fairy yeah. ring. Did you just say a time loop? <laughs> I said time oddity. Okay, uh, <laughs> same difference time loop um okay well there's our fairy episode yeah uh, i thought we covered some cool ground there's just so much um it's endlessly steeped yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's 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 hard it's a hard one to choose a direction in because i think you're either talking about folklore and fairy tales or you're talking about you know, something very vague and, and personal to the individual experiencers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
what should we call this one? Fairy time. <laughs> I like it. Fairy, fairy good time. <laughs> fairy good episode. Um, no, but I think it would be funny to start like announcing what we're going to call the episode at the end of the episode and then not sticking to it. Mm-hmm. But um, you listener know more than I do what we're calling this episode after you clicked on it. Um, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon uh, if you want to do that. Yeah, you can hear a much more refined and, and uh, well, not even refined, just like a word soup episode on there right now of me and Ben um, discussing what we're going to do with this ritual and some of our initial ideas. I think we really got into some some good conversations in that one. And I really hope more people get to listen to it. Cause I think it's a, a new and exciting direction for us. Um, yeah, but we're going to, we're going to keep doing stuff over there. Um, doing some, some written content and we always have at least two exclusive episodes there a month. It seems like we're doing more. Um, yeah. Now, um, we have, uh, a new tote bag available. Um, on our merchandise link in our link tree. Um, yeah, it can hold more than its volume actually allows. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's un- a fairy bag. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, that's on that's on our, our Bandcamp shop. If you search Consensus on Reality on Bandcamp, you'll find that there. Um we will be back with some more interviews, some updates on what we're doing, uh, taking our little project here out into the world with some experiments. Um, and in supporting us on Patreon, you're going to help us get some new technologies we need for this important um, data, as well as some video equipment on editing software, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Thanks to Mike for coming back on the show and talking about the good people with us. Thank you for having me. It's always, it's a pleasure. Mike, would you step into the fairy ring if you saw one? Uh, No, I would not. (laughs) I believe in it too much. Sinister stuff coming from this man. Apprehensive. Cautious. Cautious care towards the fairy. However, if uh, if the fairies offered me a drink, I might take it. Yeah. Then you'd have to stay. Doesn't yeah. sound so bad. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you get shrunk down? Or do you have, no, they're, to, you have to stay big? They're regular sized, I think. Uh, I think they come in all different shapes and sizes. So, okay. yeah, you'd find your crew there have like the 20 like big fairies. <laughs> or yeah. so sounds kind of goofy it, though I'd, I'd fit right in <laughs> in the spectrum the yeah. spectrum's so big I'd just blend right in <laughs> right and like some of them are some of them are dogs some of them are you know yeah horses some of them are right. <laughs> tiny people some of them are giants yeah sounds like the Wawa and Armingo <laughs> <laughs> um okay we can uh, hop out here. Thanks again, Mike. We love having you on anytime. Yeah. Uh,
Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Special hour.